We got the truth. We got the truth. We got the truth. A small business. We got the truth. We got the truth. We got the big truths of small business. Sponsored by Yes I Rent. Yes I Rent. Yes I Rent. Property management. Place good tents and collect your rent. Maintain your properties and account for it. Truth. We got the truth. We got the truths. We got the big truths. Small business sponsored by SIRN. Good night. Wow. You are here with the big truths of small business. Travis Castle and... Joe Watkins, we're coming to you live. Well, not really. We're live here today, but you're not. Anyway, you get the picture. We, uh, in today's podcast, we're going to come at you a little differently today. Travis, what do you think about that? Well, I'm excited. What, what is today's podcast about, Joe? Well, we're going to talk about the rebound. The rebound in your small business. What does that mean? And wh- why are we talking about the rebound? Well, you can clarify this more as you often do, but I'm going to tell you, tell you like this. If you're in your business and you've been going for years and you've lost your mojo, you've, you've, you've struggled to find your, your act two of your business. And, that's preventing you from from excelling or going to the next step or making real decisions. We're, we're going to talk about why that is, how you got there. And we're going to talk about some good ways to turn it around called the rebound. Because look, the alternative is going back to work for somebody. Oh. No, no, no. Oh, let's, oh, oh. Just take a moment of silence for that. That's that's You went in to be a small business guy because... That was not an option. Mm-mm. So if that's not an option, then you must rebound because the time spent here to get where you are need not be wasted. And there was a reason that you thought you could conquer the world when you decided you were going to do this. You had some real reasons. We're going to talk about that. I like that. So um, you want to jump in? Real reasons, like jump right on in. So, so there, there's a bunch of reasons why I got into small business, right? Why I started my own business. So when I, when I started my own business, I was working in the mortgage industry for big companies, um, radically successful, doing so. By the way, I'm just gonna let that sit there with you for a minute. You're, as, you're as, a radical as, as, my, as my business partner. I want to let that sit with you. Radically successful. And, well, we uh, we well, we partnered because of your. I just wanted to keep going. I didn't want any commentary. You're, 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 no, 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 I didn't want any commentary. You asked for commentary. No, 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 All of your previous no radical success, just, which I'm still waiting to experience, just, is why we're here together. I'm just leaving that sitting All with right. you. How successful the, the Fortune 500 businesses I worked for, what they were able to get out of me All was right. radically successful. So, mm-hmm. what did I hate about? It? I mean, you know, it was it, it starts with what you don't like. I think, you know, I think it starts for a lot of people 
with, man, I, and I'm tired of being told this, tired of being required this uh, of me. And, and as you grow, you begin to realize, I'm tired of listening to these guys chart a path that's wrong, that I don't agree with, that I don't think is going to make me very successful. But you know what? I'm, I'm working for them. So it's their path, and I'm going down. The, so I think a lot of entrepreneurs who are employees first, um, and this doesn't come out of hate or disgust or anything. It just comes out of, you know what, I think I could do this better, or I think I could do something, a version better than what I'm doing here. Or I can have more control and autonomous uh, of my life that oh, yeah. maybe I don't do it better. Maybe I do it as well, or I hit a different segment of the market, or or I'm not looking for that at all. I'm looking for just some of my time. You've got to tap in. What we're saying number one is here, you've got to tap back into why did you do this to begin with? Where Reach back two, five, 20 years and figure out what excited you about stepping out and doing this. What, 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 what was it? Travis, what was it for you? You used to be with these companies. What, why did you do this? Well, I mean, certainly I felt like now I was in commission sales anywhere that I worked. So it wasn't a necessarily even about income. It wasn't even about, um, you know, hey, I, can I make more money? I, I'm tapped out here. I'm on a salary. I can only make X dollars. And to heck with that, I'm going to go start a business and get rich. I don't think it really was that for, that, uh, for me about that. It really started for me around the idea that um, I'm constrained by someone else's business philosophy. And my work day, a big part of my life, is going to be requiring me to execute somebody else's plan that I'm just not in love with. Now, what's interesting, I look back at that, if I had been in love with that plan, because commission sales offers autonomy. I mean, if you got a commission, if we hired a commission sales guy today, we're not saying be at the office at 8, leave at 5, take lunch at 12.30, do this, do that. Not really doing that to that guy as long as he's you know producing and making money for the business. So it wasn't about autonomy. It was about um, I just philosophically think that uh, you know I, I I do think I could do it better. So that's what it was about for me. I do think I can do it better, and by doing it better, that meant I could really execute a plan that that I enjoyed executing, that I agreed with, and that morphed over the years. So that that's what started it for me was hey I bet I can do this better, but I do this a little higher level. And then that changed into, um, and this is kind of when you and I, you met me. I'd been working under this philosophy for a while. And I think this is why a lot of people get into it too. This became kind of a lifestyle thing. I don't have a boss. You know what? Come to find out, I like not having a boss. I like. Uh, well, I'm your boss. Well, I mean, that's uh, certainly not true for the listeners at home. But I like not having to answer to somebody, Right. I mean, this is what kept me as the one-man band for a bunch of years, which is a number of the guys we've interviewed on this show. Um, it really is about, hey, I'm charting my own course. I don't have to answer to anybody. I think that's why a lot of people get into this. Well, and, and you know, I think mine was different. And I think that, you know, the point we're making here is you need to tap into why you did this. Now, I do think the older version of you is going to get have a, a – hindsight is 2020 better version of, of why you probably did it back then, but why you want to continue to do it. And, uh, you know, mine was, I think more of a, uh, not wanting to be in the confines of, of 
of a controlling process, a process that somebody else written that was or wrote that was for their business, for their success. I, I was part of their success. And, you know, rather than, you know, following a path, I'd rather chart a path. Maybe it comes from more of my competitive spirit here. I just... You're not, you're not very, I haven't noticed. Not extraordinarily competitive. That's weird. You're, you're, okay. <laughs> but that, uh, that competitive, uh, uh, spirit there. And again, not necessarily, not necessarily to be better always in business, but it was, why would I, why do I have to adopt and, and be confined by somebody else's thinking and process? I, I, I can, develop my own and chart my own path and make my own lifestyle around my, me and, and not around someone else. And I, I think that may be where it started. I, I, you know, I like to bend and flex. So if there's some opportunity that comes my way, that if you're in a franchise, for instance, I was in a, a Chick-fil-A business that, you know, I can't, you know, I can't just go start making burgers at that restaurant. Uh, you know, in your own business, small business, you can move and flex very quickly. You can you can decide to 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 just take a hard turn and just change your your deal. I mean, that's what we get to do in small business, and uh, that was exciting to me. And and I, I you got to stay in that. You got to remind yourself of that. We think that's number one in rebounding. If you're in a little bit of a lull here, trying to figure out what. What's going on? That's number one. So the rebound. So the rebound indicates that we were uh, excited. Nobody needs a lot of help getting motivated to start their small business. Mm-mm. That's not the part that you need help with. It's Act Two, man. It's when you're when you're. Well, it's maybe Act One and a Half, yeah, where, where, where you you get into it and you realize, uh oh, here's a reason. You know what? Here's a reason why that big corporation I worked for. Here's why they were doing some of these things that used to kind of uh, piss me off. You know, here, here's why they required this of me. Here's why they required this of, uh, of of me quarterly or annually. Or here's why they had reviews that I didn't like or agree with. You know, there were some reasons for that stuff. And as a small business guy, it's hard to implement that. Well, what happens when when the fire runs out, the energy runs out? Oh, God, what happens when the money runs out, <laughs> by the way? And talk about a demotivator. So you got into small business, hair's on fire, maybe a couple early home runs because you were going so hard. And then reality set in, which it's, it becomes about managing now a business managing. Now you got to, now employee number one, employee number two, employee number three, this is not your, your life's changing. This isn't what you signed up for necessarily, but it's where you're at and you find your motivation level go down because guess what? Now you are that boss you were working for. So number two here we're suggesting is to identify the demotivators in your business. Because there's demotivators here that are, that, are, that are sort of got you in a lull. They've got you not passionate, got excited. And so some things motivate, some things demotivate. So what we all have discovered in small business is the technician that just really loved working with his hands and, 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 and working as an HVAC technician, installing systems. He thought he was going to go start a business because he thought he, he's just an incredible technician. Why wouldn't 
he gets in there and realizes that, golly, 70% of this business is not the actual technical part. It's the, 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 the taking the calls, the scheduling, the customer service, the, the follow-up, the, 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 the training, the, all of the things that were not thought about prior to that. And so if that's a demotivator for you, then I suggest by identifying the demotivators, you now can attack the solution behind the demotivator. So we, we call that another word for the demotivator that, that that Joe and I use is the weeds. Joe says it all the time. I don't want to get in the weeds. Well, that's the weeds. That's the weeds. I look, Travis. I don't want to get in the weeds. I don't like the weeds, man. Describe in in your version and Joe Joe's version. What what are the weeds for you? That's a demotivator for me. The weeds. I know it is. The the weeds are. And so th- this is something handed down, I think, from conversations and, and, and speaking engagements that I listened to at Chick-fil-A. I'm going to give uh, Dan Cathy a little credit here. I remember a, a seminar one year, Chick-fil-A seminar, which, by the way, they do seminars every year um, where all of the home office staff, all of their spouses, all of the operators all go now to various locations. It used to be one location. And we would just get incredible um, uh leadership training and motivational so, training. They, they opened up some version of that to the general public too. That beca- Did they? What you're discussing became so big. Yeah. It, uh, it was a big deal. Um, and, and what they recognized is we needed that every year to, to, to get re-inspired, but I'm going to give a little credit to Dan in, in the world of, a, uh, of the identifying the demotivators. Uh, when he, he said, listen, you need to look at yourself in your business. Let's look at the income that you're generating and that you're making. Divide that out by 40, 45 hour a week, work week, and assign a dollar value to it. And if you're a $125 an hour, you know, pay rate, then let's make sure you're doing $125 an hour pay rate stuff. And, that's the clearest way for me to, to, to think about how the weeds demotivates me because when I'm doing something deep in the weeds where it's not strategic level, it's not planning level, it's not really choreographing a shift or change in the business that, that could, that could multiply itself over. And it literally is taking a one instance problem and solving a one customer service problem that I'm in the weeds and I probably am not even close to earning my pay rate. Um, I think that's, uh, for me, is very demotivating. Um, and so probably to a fault in, in my small business, I have tried my very best to, to back away from the weeds, to, to stay at the high level, and that hurts me in other ways at times. But I think generally speaking, it's helped me because, listen, the weeds – if we're going to use the, the term weeds, let's use it in this way for this podcast. The weeds represents your demotivators. Because weeds are not good. Nobody thinks weeds and grass are good. So, we want grass. So I got the kryptonite to your weeds. So, and I'll, I'll speak all the way down to, you know, one-man band type operations here. That's true. Um, delegate. Delegate. 
So it's hard for the guy that started a business, especially as a one-man band, doing everything himself, answering the phones, you know, taking out the trash, all that stuff. You, you inadvertently, you certainly didn't start the business thinking that's what you wanted to do, everything. That's not the vision. That's not the end game. But it became, at some point, who you are. You trained yourself to do everything. And I think that's what leads a lot of times to the, to the burnout and, therefore, the attempted rebound that, that we're discussing is you look around and you go, well, you know, that's great, guys. Delegate, sure. Yeah, I'll, give, I'll give it to uh, my assistant. Guess what? I don't have an assistant, Okay. Are you married? Do you, do you have a spouse that you know li- lives out of this income, or partially so? Do you, do you have a kid that's coming of age that you're giving uh, you know uh, gas money to, or, or in some ways you know living out of this business? Who's living out of this business? You, you, you or you might have an assistant. You're making a hundred grand. How about take thirty of it and go hire an assistant and live assistant. off seventy, realizing that the that the thirty thousand dollar assistant is going to Amp, amplify your efforts. Now you yeah. can start spending more time making the one twenty five an hour because you've freed up the, the fifteen twenty dollar an hour work. Yeah. I mean that that is the principle here that 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 has to happen. Everyone has to make this decision in their small business, or they're gonna get a little weary, a little off track. Well, when you're, when you're the one man band, there is some intrinsic satisfaction into solving all these problems. We don't really like to admit that, but there is something you get from, man, I just knocked that out. But, but what you're doing is you're becoming the 100% solution for your customer. And that breaks down at volume that breaks down at some point and that breaks you down at some point. So the trick here, you know, depending on where you're at in this cycle is to either get ahead of that. If you're getting busy or, um, you know, like Joe said, there might be some backtracking in terms of hiring somebody, bringing somebody in that might be kind of that personal look in the mirror, which is, do I need this? Do I need that? Do I need this expense? Do I, do I downsize the house? Do I, do I do something radical here, frankly, that maybe probably really isn't that radical, but seems that radical to bring in a part-time person, to bring in a virtual assistant, to bring in some help, to delegate this stuff that frankly is probably going to put me out of business if I don't deal with it. Yeah. I mean, I, again, step number two is identify the demotivator. We're, we're suggesting that, that getting in the weeds is, is probably a common one, but demotivators can be uh, all kinds of things. Um, I could be the guy who actually wants to be the technician. I want to be in the field. Well, then what do I need to do? I need to hire a business manager behind me that's scheduling and, and taking over the operation parts that I don't want to do. There's something almost nobody does. Yeah, I mean, so, yeah. you know, be, be real with who you are and what, you, what you're good at and what you want to do. And th- the cool thing about small business is you can put yourself in the place you want to put it. But you've got to identify what that is, and you've got to build, build your people and your system around that. I think what we do is we let the tail wag the dog often. Uh, we go out and get a bunch of work, and, and the problems ensue, and – we're trying to, you know, fill every gap. And, um, and by the way, we feel like, well, we're working harder than we ever did. So I should make more money than I ever did. How about get, do what big companies do. How about put yourself on a salary, put yourself on a normalized salary, let the company benefit from the profit growth. So then the company, which by the way is yours can make a decision to hire the assistant. 
is by the way, it's not coming out of your income. Your income is a normalized salary. Now you get paid bonuses over time for for uh, you know for doing well. But here's what most small single business entrepreneurs do: one man bands. They live out of their checking account, their business checking account. Big problem. So. These are just some ideas to think about as, as uh, again, we've got business guys that got 50 employees, 100 employees. It's a different situation here. Uh, but they still, you know, how can somebody with a, with a company that's doing $15 million, but they're seeing their, they're seeing their sales slide every year, they can still be demotivated. They still have problems here. And, and I would suggest is, you know, find, Find what does motivate you. Maybe you need to get out of the business. Maybe you need to sell the business. Maybe maybe you need a new goal. Maybe the new goal is not going from fifteen to twenty million. Maybe it's going from fifteen million to sell. Well, that that I think that's the part of knowing yourself and kind of knowing your your goals. So so um, Joe and I kind of tasked each other this past week. Well, we were tasked by somebody that we're bringing into our small business to kind of speak to our team. In fact, tomorrow and do kind of a, a coaching or a, a motivational session. Um, we'll, we'll see tomorrow. But one of the things that he talked to us about as business owners is to discuss your 10-year goals here. Get get your, your, your business needs to be supporting what, you know, what is the ultimate goal always needs to be in mind of all these decisions. And so often it's not. So often it's about what fixes the problem today or next week or uh, next month. And so a little long-term thinking, I would put this, now we're, we're moving into fixes here, um, but I, I would put this into working on your business versus working in your business, which is kind of what we're talking about in delegating and bringing somebody in. But the working on your business part, just for example, I'm kind of pull back the curtain a little bit. This is what Joe and I, Joe and I take one day a week and we try to make decisions that are about the business, not any one particular issue or problem that's in the business. And I think what that does is it solves, and we always talk about this all the time, you know, what's the one problem you can tackle here? And you you just mentioned it. Take the guy that's got the $10 million a year business, kind of the ideal small business, you know? I mean, this guy's got employees. He's quote unquote made it, right? What does he secretly know? He secretly knows before anybody, him and his accountant, probably his sales guy knows, that business is shrinking. It's going to $9 million, $8 million, and it's businesses tend to shrink exponentially, not just a little bit. Of, it tends to go from $10 million to $8 million to $5 million to $1 million to I'm out of business type thing. Well, if that and that would be a huge demotivator, a huge stressful thing to identify there. But you know what? Uh, where the pain is is generally where, where the fix is. Right. So in terms of working on your business, if I've got shrinking sales, um, man, uh, I need to go to work on my business. I need to go to work on the sales side of my business is what that tells me. Because here's what I know. If it was $10 million last year and it's $12 million this year and it's trending towards $15 million, I bet that guy's not demotivated. I bet that guy's not facing the rebound. I bet that guy's excited. No, there, there's going to be there's going to be some issues here that create the demotivation. There's going to be uh, you know, expectations that are not met. Um, you, know, you 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 felt like you should be making you know X number of dollars per year. It's not occurred, and it's 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 you're ten years in. 
you 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 had thought by now that I wouldn't have to nurse this business that it would be running itself. That's sort of a common flaw, and you actually have to be very you know, strategic about setting that up. It didn't happen by itself. Um, you know, there's, there's so your expectations are not being met in the business, and and that's demotivating. Um, it, things can even be going well, but here's what I'm here's what I'm gonna suggest as number three. We've talked about why'd you get started to begin with? What was that? What was that? That light, that fire. We've talked about what are the demotivators, and we need to to get real about that so we can actually implement solutions for the demotivators. But you just mentioned really the third one without saying, and that is: Have we sat down and identified what we're trying to get out of the business? Because again, having a number goal may not really be what's important to you anymore. You make enough money, you have enough time, and so your goals can begin to shift as certain other goals are met. I've, I've, I make enough money. I don't need to chase the next dollar or the next you know big sales growth I, I need to start realizing that the lifestyle i've created that the lake house the the mountain home the we get to go on three vacations a year whatever it is i get to send my kid to an ivy league school wh- whatever those are that were a result of your business need to start being understood as very valuable and you probably should rethink about what it is you're trying to accomplish. Because, again, I think we arbitrarily put, put goals in front of us sometimes that are not actually well thought about. They're, they're, they may be competitive things for, for I want to beat this guy, I want to beat this competitor. I want but but what, what are we going to small business for to begin with? We went to, to, to have ultimate control and, and have create our own solutions. So you have the ability to actually do this. Let's don't lose sight of that, and let's – Let's put that in front of us because part of motivating ourselves, sometimes looking back and going, I got it pretty good. What I have done and what I've created, although maybe mismeasured in my own mind at times, look around. It's working. That's a that that needs to be read that needs to be thought about. What 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 I would say is oftentimes somebody's small business is working and they're burnt out. Working in terms of making money, you know, if that's how we're defining it for, for uh, a lot of people that hear this and, and maybe aren't in small business, of course, you want to go make money. But man, if you, this is, Joe, this is the big truths of small business. Mm. So um, are you ready? Mm. The ride's about to start. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. Give it to me. Say that again. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. Um, <laughs> I think that a lot of guys that I know that have been successful in small business who have experienced burnout, that's kind of what we're discussing. We're calling it the rebound. We're trying to get you to rebound, get back, get back in the game, get excited about it again. I think a lot of times these guys who are making money, their business, as far as the, the profit and loss are, are doing good. Let's say they even, uh, you know, they, they, didn't, they didn't go. They didn't buy that lake house. They don't go on those three trips. They work their butts off is the truth. 
of most small business owners I know. They're willing to do what other people aren't willing to do. And that attitude generally is going to make you pretty successful. But the part of their life that they put on hold to do that often is their, you know, their life after five o'clock, their family life, the people, the other people that are in their life that if you ask them, they would say, that's a big part of the reason why they're driven so hard is, you know, I do want that Ivy league education for my kid. I do want my kid not to have to, you know, drive the old beater and that, that sort of thing. Here's the common flaw. And I would ask for a little introspection here because it's, I think true of all of us to some degree. I mean, when I buy my kid the nice car or when I provide the nice vacation for my family, it's really a little bit of truth is it's a little bit of self-indulgence. It's a little bit of, Hey, everybody look at me. I'm not saying a lot of that. I think a lot of it is about, I want something nice for the people that I love. And I think that's good. There's nothing wrong with it, but I think there's a wire with some guys that get, gets tripped here. And it becomes about being that guy. So here's what I've noticed is over time, the people in your life think that that's an easy thing to do for you, making money, or you're the small business. You've been in business 15, 20 years and just keep hitting home runs. And maybe this just isn't all that hard. And, they, and, and to their defense, they have no experience with it. They just see what they see. And so that providing that stuff, that vacation, that whole deal kind of becomes a part of your persona and frankly kind of gets taken advantage of. Maybe even maybe even there are friends that take advantage of that sometimes. And so I think that contributes to burnout. You know, I mean, I've hit the home run. I've worked my butt off. I've worked the 80 hours a week. I've sacrificed here. I've provided. Sometimes that's been a little self-indulgent. But the people around, I don't, that, I quit getting that good feedback because it becomes expected. Yeah, I think what you're saying is this, there's an underappreciation That's right. of, of, of how we got here. And I think there's an underappreciation of how we maintain it. For sure. The stuff doesn't maintain itself. Uh, there's an, there's an underappreciation for the mental hours that are being used here. This is probably a whole podcast. Uh, mental hours, write it down. The yes. mental hours are just we you know for those that understand what we're talking about here. There's no clocking out at five. Uh, when when the workday is done, the mental gymnastics begin to try to figure out the problem even in your sleep at times like th that this stuff doesn't go away and and that, and that that's challenging um that, that 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 brings you back but i think i think again i think some solutions here that we can tap back into once again is hey you're the guy making a half million dollars a year why don't you go pay a guy a hundred grand a year and get your life out of get out of it, because that guy probably can 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 maintain that business, may even bring a different perspective in and grow the business and get you back to the half million without you involved. I mean, that's very potential here. Why don't you begin to orient the other relationships in your life where the relationship's not about money at all, 
right? Why, why not take the expectation? Or get them involved in the business. Yeah, get them involved. Show them what it's like. Uh, uh, you know, get, give them something in return for them. I mean, a lot of times giving is, you know, uh, death to the people that we love, frankly. But, um, you know, expectations. Setting expectations at work is one thing. Setting expe- expectations at home is another thing. And these, these are challenging things that, by the way, you know, little you know, asterisk advice here, uh, in, in terms of expectations at work or at home, when you have that epiphany, you read that book, you listen to that podcast, going back, uh, going into work Monday morning and just throwing it down, here's, here's how the world's changed and here's how it's going to be, that's probably not going to work. You know, I- any of these changes in terms of, you know, I'm going to kind of change the family dynamic and how they see, you know, uh, you know, me and that family, that, that's over time. Same at work. You know, I'm going to start delegating things. I mean, I can't come in Monday and dump everything on, on the new guy or on, on an existing employee and radically change their week. This stuff happens over time. Uh, you know, I, I, you led me right into, I think, identifying a way to motivate ourselves. And again, depending on where you are in your business, the one-man band versus the guy with uh, you know, with a, with a $20 million business. I think this works in various degrees with all of those businesses. And I've not done a great job of this over the years, at least in the right perspective, and that is reward yourself. Um, you, you've, you've worked hard. You've created you know, some revenue stream. You've, you've justified it as I'm doing this for my family. I'm, I'm giving them a future. I'm, I'm, my wife can stay at home and work and I have to work and, and, and all the different versions of, of why you may be working the long hours, the out of town stuff. But, you know, I didn't do a great job in early years of, 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 of taking victory laps here and rewarding myself for a job well done. And, 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 um, you know, one of my probably podcasts in the future is going to be creating margin in your life because I think margin in your life is actually what allows you to hire the assistant. It actually starts checking the boxes for so many of, the, of, of what can solve your current issues. But because of my propensity to be so heavy on that side of things, I don't, I don't until recently, when I, when I bought the... 2016 Dodge Challenger Hellcat. Wow. Like, it's pretty intelligent. Like, you don't need that. Pretty Who needs that? That's 707 horse, raw horsepower. 700 would have been beautiful plenty, color. Plenty. I mean, the color is just to die for. It's just a beautiful automobile. Well, you, you can't buy yourself that. That's oh. not creating margin. That's not, there. here's me in the past. That didn't make sense. You, you know, everything I had to figure out and justify why I needed it. I had to, even if I manipulated myself to think, I had to create a reason why I needed it. This is one of, one of the few purchases in my life that I can go, I don't give a rip. I'm getting it because I want it. And I've had to, had to, had to figure out how to, how to live with this and be okay with it. I think you stressed out a little bit over that particular purchase. But, you know, when you think about it in but terms. But not now. Not now. I mean, but when you think about it in terms, again, I'll go back to one of big, successful companies that have been in business 30, 40, 50, 80 years. Why do they do things like uh, employee incentive programs? Why do they do things like 
trips for their top because they have the data that, that suggests that you need it you I need mean, it yeah. we all need it that's right we need to be validated we need to be rewarded for a job well done so in your own business as a small business guy what have you done to create a structure to reward your successes that's important and so uh, you know, that's, that's number four, reward yourself. That's, uh, we think that's a good fix for getting motivated. What, what can you do right now for yourself that, uh, that you hadn't done? Or what can you set out as a goal when I hit, you know, whatever, uh, half a million dollars of new sales, I'm going to go lease a company BMW. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's pretty motivating, right? Pretty motivating. Sounds like a pretty good idea. Uh, I, I think one of the things I would do is when you when you're setting goals, especially around stuff. I heard this awesome uh, deal on YouTube the other day. This this speaker and he's talking about goals and goal setting, and it's all worthless unless you, you know BMW. That's like okay, that's a brand. I don't want a brand. You know, I want the seven fifty sedan i want the 2021 model i want the one that does this i want the one, you know, all, all that good stuff get it in your head what you're doing and i think this is the same conversation around why are you in the small business why are you still in the small business should you stay in it all that's answered by the goal of why you're doing it and and the very specific goal not i want to be rich i want all of my free time i want this i want that now, what do you want your day to look like when you wake up? What do you want to do every day? What do you want to think about every day? What, what do you want your headspace to be specifically? And until it gets specific, uh, you know, I don't think it's real. I think all this stuff has to be very specific. When uh, a, a, when an insurance company rolls out the trip to Hawaii for their top uh, insurance salesman of the year, it's a very specific seven days. You're staying at the Honolulu X resort here. You're going to go first class. You're going to, the trip is going to be on these dates. Um, you know, you have an all expenses paid, you know, dinner here. I mean, it's super specific. And again, small business, what do we do? Hey, I'll go on a nice trip if we make some money this year. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, are you playing, the role that you want to play in your business, it's your business. Are you playing the role you want to play? And are you setting up specific lines of success for not just your team, but for you? Uh, you know, I, I can just say that, that when I think about my relationship with my wife over the 20 plus years, some of our best uh, kind of win-wins or when we put specifics behind a goal, if we do this, if we accomplish this, or, or then we're going to to do this. We're going to go on this vacation in in in, in September. We're gonna we're gonna purchase this uh, based on this, and and it sort of is it's motivating yeah. because we're putting specifics behind it. Uh, and uh, it's not just motivating. Like there's something about it when when it's competitive when, too. When there's when there's dates around it. When there's specifics around there's it, accountability to it, there's almost something that begins to imminently lead you toward that goal. When it's general and it's unspecific, eh, I mean, there's just it's just out there. It's it's not real. When it becomes real, you begin to gravitate towards that. It goes back to uh, you know Brett, who's going to be uh, working with us tomorrow. Write it down. Write it down. Have it visible. 
why why are diaries so important? Because you can refer back. You sometimes you get in a, a thought process that's so productive that if you didn't record it, you you don't for, you don't even remember what that was. You don't remember what you decided you were going to do or reward yourself with. And and so you know this stuff's important. Um, it's important. We're kind of on this journey. We talk, by the way, we talk about a lot of things that, that are kind of right where we are. And one of the things that we're spending a lot of time on right now is really identifying who we are, what we're good at, like personally, what role we want to play in the business and why, for what goal. Because I don't want to just work just to make money. Like that's not good enough. I need to understand how much effort I'm willing to give and for what and for what if it is money, then what's that money going to buy? And, and why do I need it? Why is it important to me? Is, you know, I mean, that, that's the journey we're on right now. And I, and I think this may be the nugget that needs to be pulled from this podcast, even though it's called The Rebound here, is, hey, you, you went into a bit the business probably potentially on a lot of false pretenses. You didn't know. You, weren't, you hadn't done it before. You went on a lot of false pretenses. We know that people buy, we're in the real estate business. We know that people buy rental property all the time under false pretense. It's not so they get in there and they own that thing for five years that they, they realize what it really means to own a rental property. So you got in under false pretense and, 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 you're, and you're struggling. Well, you're struggling because you went under false pretense. Now you get the real story. Now once you go back in and rewrite your plan and your goals around the real knowledge you have now either do that or decide you're going to go back to work for that big company and that's or, fine or, or for your competitor maybe you sell out to him go, go to work for him and you just become the happiest best employee that that business has ever had because you've got this new kind of 360 worldview of what it actually takes to you know be successful on that level and and maybe you're better equipped now to work within an organization i think this is true for a lot of guys you're better equipped now to be that outstanding employee for somebody else after you know trying your hand at it here absolutely listen i mean i don't have i'm beginning to have less misconceptions about what i am capable of as a ceo of a small company okay i i mean when you look at a lot of companies that have really grown and made it big, man, they've, they've, they've given a lot away, a lot out. They've given themselves away, but they also usually partner with someone much stronger or they've been bought out by someone much stronger with, with an infrastructure. And so I'm getting more and more understanding of um, tackling the world. It's just not necessarily my goal. I'm getting more closer to what are my actual real life, real world, day-to-day living goals that this business can help support. Because listen, this is something I've lived by. I live or I work to live and not the other way around. I don't live to work. And I think if you're living to work, then you're going to get burned out. Well, this this goes, I don't know, what, what, what number are we on? Four or five? That was like five, it's maybe. Like five. We're on six. Can I we think, do six? I, I think, can we, can, we, can we say... We're going to do six. Can we say six is what? I'm going to give you six. What is the... Now that you've been in business, one year, two years, five years, 30 years, 
with that new knowledge, I'm going to get you excited here. You ready to get excited, John? I need to get excited. Because I'm, I'm kind of dragging. Enough. Let's you, get excited. You, you, you're dragging me here. Bring me up. Okay. So here, Demonstrate here, it. Let's go. Here, here's what's going to get you excited. Here's the win. Here's why you listened all the way through. <laughs> what, 40 minutes in? Travis, you're still is, with us? Travis is going to give it to you. Wake up. Wake up a little Susie. Wake up a little Susie. Well, go Travis. What are you going to tell your mama? What are you going to tell your pop? I, to- uh. I, totally, I totally lost it. What are you going to tell I, our friends when they I say, ooh, la, la, wake up a little. <laughs> all right, go, all right, Travis. God, all stop. Right. Um, <laughs> with your new experience, based on the fact that you know what you know now, what's the opportunity here? Opportunity. Opportunity is what got you excited to begin with. But you didn't know much before you started this small business. You thought, you know, like you said earlier, Joe, you thought you knew something. What's the, is the new opportunity, dare I say, a partnership with a competitor? Dare I say selling this thing outright? Dare I say take it out back and shoot it in the head and it's gone <laughs> out of your life? Who For some of you Kevin O'Leary says that. Hey, Kevin. So for some of you listening the idea of just getting out of hunt from under this thing is an opportunity. I mean, God, what would it be like to wake up one day and not think about this oh, train wow. wreck? No, there's right? no question. I mean, but having said that's a little negative. But having said that, what's the new opportunity? Is it a new? Do you need to target a new customer? Uh, when you look at your business, is it like most businesses where now you can identify this actually is my perfect customer? You know, the first thing every marketing guy asks you, which you roll your eyes at, oh, who's your perfect customer? Well, honestly, you've been in business 10, 15, 20 years. You should be able to circle somewhere uh, in, in your you know, P&L and say, if I could serve this guy, now if I could make a living off serving this customer, then I could get excited. If the other customers kill me. Yeah, so maybe I can do $5 million instead of $10 million a year and make more profit because I targeted a more profitable yeah, customer. Yeah, give half my employees, keep the ones that are just killing it, do less, you know, I'm, uh, and so what do I, so I start building this plan. Okay. To do that, I need to pay that house off. I need to get rid of that, that vacation home. You know, the kids are out of college in a couple of years. Wait a minute. Now I could actually cut my business in half, maybe have more disposable income here in about 24 months. If I play my cards, right. What is the new opportunity based on your knowledge of being in business? That's what I want you to get excited about. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to give you a little nugget here that I've had here recently over the years is recent years is, uh, is, is your business serving you or are you serving your business? If you're serving your business a little too hard here, you might as well go work for the corporation. Your business needs to serve you. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to stretch this to, your personal world is your material stuff serving you or are you serving it? You got too much stuff. You got too many vacation homes. You got too much debt. Uh, you got too much guilt around the things you're not using. Then you're, then, then it's not serving you. You're serving it. So, you know, there, there's a, there's a place here and there, there's going to be someone here that we're going to interview soon that first told me this. I won't reveal her name. Mm. I will reveal looking forward to the that. truth. Wow. A truth bearer, if you will. 
the, the truth is this may be a podcast. This could be a podcast. We've turned a lot of things less into a podcast. <laughs> Lesser content has made its way into the airwaves of the intranet. Um, less is more. Could be. Less. Am I happier at five million than ten more. million? I think that principle wow. applies in a lot of in a lot of ways. Yeah. Less stuff could be more. Less busy can be more. Less stress can be more. There, there's a lot of places here where, again, if you get real with yourself and you're trying to figure out what you're actually trying to accomplish here and what your actual problems are and your demotivators are, less is more. I will tell you that in my journey, as more gets built around me, even if it's debt-free, it, 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 there's, a, there's a stress that gets created around it. And so I think we need to be careful as small business people who tend to, um, you know, we talked about rewards, but we're not talking about a lot of these rewards were, that, that we end up having were not strategic. Rewards, by the way, are something you get typically thought about on the front end. They're not, you, you meet a goal, you get a reward. They're not, well, let me just go, you know, you know, last minute spend or buy something. And so we end up with all these things in our life that shield us from maybe the time we need to spend with our grandkids. And so again, is your business serving you or are you serving it? Are you in a, are you in a place where, you know, the people you hang around that you're trying to sell to, they in fact make you chase the Joneses even harder. Damn Joneses. Somebody should kill the Joneses. Because, you know, you're you're living here on a half million dollar house or three quarter million dollar house, you know, in the suburbs, but when you go visit those people that are buying from you, they're they're on the ocean mm. in their five and seven million dollar mm. place. Are you letting that affect where you're going? Be careful. Hey, listen, this may be number seven here. Be careful who you let influence you, including your own business. I'm going to give you an analogy that you love here. Something right. you'd wrap your arms around. All right. Playing golf. Joe plays golf. Really, really well. I mean, it's marginal. So, <laughs> Joe hits it out there, but what would you say, Joe? Be honest. 275. It's the big truth. 275. You know what? That's true. I'm going to go with you on that. 275. By the way, side note, you know I'm hitting it about 285 these days. All right. So, let's let's keep going. I'm longer than Joe. Bigger, longer than Joe. Um, every now and then you play with a guy that pumps it out there about 315 mm, or 330. That's just one part of the game. It is it's just one part of the game. But what, what do we do as golfers? Guy just knocks the ball way past us. Our whole game, the rest of the day becomes figuring out how we going to just hit one nuclear and get somewhere near that guy. The reality is maybe we're a better putter. Maybe we're a better, maybe we got a better short game. Maybe we actually just hit more greens, even though we're hitting a a uh, from a farther distance away. I think this is true with money and stuff and people and these types of dynamics. You know, the customer I serve, I think I'm killing. It. I go over to his house; it's on the beach. That's a yacht, not a boat. <laughs> you know, now all of a sudden I'm thinking, man, I suck. Look at me; I, I got to do something. That's the worst motivation in the world. That motivation lasts one afternoon. It's, it's the comparison, uh, the comparison complex of today's age is what Facebook has created. 
we're constantly comparing and and uh, I, I just submit to you that if you really dug into what's important to you in life and in your world and you and you dial into what's really important, which probably should dial back to people in relationships ultimately, then you can realize that that some of these people who have the the uh, the ocean homes are slave driving themselves to keep that because because by the way a lot of people own these things and, and don't actually really shouldn't <laughs> that's true too right you know and so they're giving their life yeah. away so they can stay to live on well, the ocean and, so and you know you don't know where that money came that doesn't mean that money came from effort and I, most of the time it did by the way let's don't you just don't hide from that most no, of the time no, no. that is somebody that's successful and that that would bring me to, to my final point here that i want to make sure got into this show because I think this is significant. If it, if we're needing to pull you out, get you into rebounding that ball, dribbling down the court, and dunking it, right? Um, surround yourself with the right kind of people. Surround yourself with good mindsets. You know what? It's easy to say things can't be done. It's easy to say you should shut that business down or quit or whatever. And and again, maybe that is the right move for, for some people. But the reality is it's, it's very easy for the guy who – who is uh, in your ear, who hasn't accomplished those things, to say that to you. Okay, so you're darn right. So, so watch out who you're listening to. Watch out who you let in your headspace. And I would say this too. The default, if you don't do anything, if you're not seeking the right people in the right environment and the right community, if you just let it happen, then negativity is going to be in your headspace confirmation that you're not going to grow your business, confirmation that you're not going to have more free time. That's what's going to happen by default if you don't take that same uh, vigor that you had when you started your business and begin to control your headspace with it. So I would say this, either business consultants, business coaching is a huge thing now, uh, a good psychologist, uh, uh, you know, even guys that you know, kind of do sports psychology, I think that relates to business. There's business psychologists. There's other successful entrepreneurs, uh, maybe the right use of the guy with the beach home is to ask him, how'd you get the beach home? Or, you know, if, if, if the rest of his life is in shambles, maybe, you know, that that's not your guy, but often the successful guy got there because he executed and he figured some things out. Well, instead of jealousy or making that about short-term motivation, that, that might be a, a good mentor to seek out. So I would just say this, one of the things that's hugely beneficial from a partnership from me and Joe and from others that we have kind of brought into our headspace here. It's just people that are, that are positive and not just positive for just being positive, but like, you know, willing to tell the truth. Yeah. This area of your life may suck. The work you got to do may be very hard. Here's what I see. But at the end of the day, I kind of believe in you. You know, you need that guy to rebound. Yeah. You, uh, you need to build a team around you. That's right. And the team is not, a team that all has the same thought process and skill set. When you're building a football team, I mean, you're building a complete unit of multitudes of talents and thought processes and physical builds and life experiences. And so build a team around you that can help you make good decisions moving forward, help you uh, push you, pull you back, uh, people, tr these are trusted advisors. That's right. Uh, and, and again, these advisors need to be in different walks of life. They need to be some business people. They need to be 
some spiritual people, some, some emotional support, some different versions of what you need to, to be the complete business guy or, or girl. So listen, uh, you know, let me, let me just recap what we said here for the rebound. If you're in that space and need to be rebounded in your business, why'd you start this thing to begin with? Think about that. Try, try to dial back into that. Identify the demotivators and, and specifically target how to remove those. You got to identify them for first. Uh, redefine your goals. You've been in this business now for a while. What you thought it was back then is not probably what it is today. Redefine what you're trying to do and what you're trying to accomplish. Make that, put that in writing. Make that prevalent in your mind and your, and your business. Reward yourself. Give yourself rewards when you meet certain goals. Uh, and, and depending on your income and, and, and what's important to you, make those rewards uh, very powerful as those, uh, uh, those things you accomplish are, are, are greater. Uh, we also asked, are you playing the role you want to? Put yourself in exactly in the business in the role you want to play. And then Travis says, basically, get, get your coaching around you. Get, get, build your team. Build your team. Uh, they're going to tell you the truth. And that's about what we have here uh, in the big truths of small business. Subscribe. And, yeah. Uh, share real quickly. Uh, won't you tell them where to subscribe? You can go to yesirent.com would be my preferred place or, uh, iTunes, Apple, Apple podcasts, Google, tune in all of them. Yes, I rent. Yes, I rent. Yes, I rent property management. Thank you guys. Appreciate it.